Trying to save your souls from damnation So if you down with the message Tune in every week It will lead you to the message that you seek Uh Season 9, episode 8. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that's helped us to get this far. Shout out to the people, man. Shout, Shout out to, to the, the people. people. Shout out to everybody that's always showing us love. I'm your host, Ricard. You know what? I'm here with my partner. Introduce yourself. I mean, you don't want to be talking about it with the master's degree. Oh, <laughs> Since he said somebody got to tell y'all because he can't tell you. So I think there's some claws there. <laughs> and you know, it's me, Kamel Hall, your favorite financial advisor. Okay, okay, okay. We got housing to talk about, but I'll let you. We got. Yeah, I'll let you tell them. <laughs> and we got two special guests, so we need you to introduce yourself first time on the platform, all the way from California. Introduce <laughs> That's yourself, favorite, please. I can't mess with. Okay, Richard, you can go first, sir. Oh no, <laughs> ladies first, ladies first. <laughs> we got Philadelphia. No, I told you I hate doing this part. <laughs> we got we got Philly in the house also. Okay, my name is uh, Reverend Leslie Peters, RN. So I, did, I kind of think of myself as the religion, uh, the Reverend without religion, and a nurse who like heals hearts without stethoscope. So, um, you know, the the Reverend was more of a spiritual. Mm. Yeah, and all disclosure, I don't go to church. I've never read the Bible, but somehow in my life, people are like, "Wow, you sound just like the Bible." I'm like, I've never read it. But, um, I spent like 30 years in public health nursing working as a registered nurse with at-risk pregnant moms. Mm -hmm. And um, I loved it. It was amazing. And um, I'm like a trauma queen. Like I, I've oh, had a life full of adversity. We all trauma. got problems. <laughs> no, but a, a trauma queen. Let me rephrase that. Trauma, not drama. Um, <laughs> no, 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 lay on words. I'm <laughs> <laughs> because there was no drama out of my trauma. And okay. from childhood, I came out and I saw every bit of adversity, even sexual abuse is a gift that was given to me with lessons to learn. Yes. So um, I left work in 2017 to share the message of um, what I call heart. And That's very powerful. That's very powerful yeah. to say. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. uh, drama is good. I learned um, me, me growing up, I just to counter. Um, that's me growing up. I'm thinking I was anti-social. I remember we was talking about this before. I was like the opposite. I wasn't really out there, but I saw the power of connection. Mm. But listen, guys, yeah. you're taking too much time for intro, and we <laughs> yeah. still got a guest that haven't introduced himself yet. <laughs> yes. Richard? Yes, sir. Tell, tell the people who you are and who you well, are. Uh, <clears throat> Rich Friesen, and uh, unlike the Reverend Leslie, <laughs> I grew up in a church my father was a evangelical preacher in the midwest mm -hmm. and so i had a five-year perfect attendance in sunday morning sunday school uh sunday evening and bible study for yeah, five I had years it. it was just so, it was just a strict <laughs> discipline after that wow. <laughs> so, i um, although i don't consider myself spiritual and religious I took the opposite path of what sleep. Wow. <laughs> Look at how that is, right? <laughs> Leslie's a reverend, spiritual teacher. Yes. And then Richard grew up in the evangelical church, right? And he's an author. Right. And, 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 and I grew up in a Seventh-day Adventist church, and I'm an ordained minister as well. Mm -hmm. And Kamel... I'm, I'm, I guess I'll be... 
I believe in what I believe in. Yeah. <laughs> and altogether, we're on a show called The Real Word. So today, we're going to have a real conversation. <laughs> just in case the Zoom times out, just re-enter it with the same code, okay? Because it times out after 30 minutes. So, okay. okay? So yeah. you guys missed the first 30 minutes of this because that was behind the scenes. <laughs> if you want it, you got to subscribe to it, pay the extra money. But we're here today oh, live. Can I mention my donation? Okay, go ahead. Kamal has a donation. Anybody who need a diaper genie, let us know. We got y'all a couple of diaper genies. We got it to give. And I want to thank everybody who also donated and gave us some diaper genies. I love y'all. Okay. <laughs> so if they want that diaper genie, how can they contact you to get it? I mean, y'all talk to the real word and... He talks to me and we just go around. That's how it is. You know, All right. People talk. <laughs> so, so if you want the diaper GD, email us at therealwordtv at gmail.com. That's therealwordtv at gmail.com. Go continue. We, or yeah. drop a comment. <laughs> okay. So, like I said, we all got different backgrounds, but yet we're still connected in a very special way. And prior to today, we didn't even know you guys. So, yeah. but somehow <laughs> everything is connected. Okay. So, Richard, you said you went, um, mm. let's not use astray, but you went apart from your your beginnings. And you have a book called Money, right? Or How Money Works. So, tell us about it. Mm. And tell us about the change. A private conversation. A private conversation with money. Thank you. What my concern is in our, especially our divided culture, is that we're really confused and we're out of rapport with money, hmm. meaning, and success. So this takes a character, Joe, who's a journalist and an activist and anti-money, anti-wealth, and he has conversations with a character called money. They argue, they fight, and whatever, but the hope is that in the conflict that they work through, that people who read the book can follow along and work through those conflicts. In the end, uh, Joe ends up running a charter school in the inner city and uh, being very creative about education and giving a, a new hope and opportunity to a lot of kids who wouldn't have had it. And that comes from directly letting go of his anger and stepping into creativity. Hmm. So you, Kamel, having a background in banking and financial yeah. advisement, how do you feel about this book? And you could relate to this book because he said that he creates a school in a low-income neighborhood, a charter school. And we know a lot of charter schools have come. Success Academy is one. There's yes. many other charter, charter schools. I thought it was going to go to Success Academy. Mm. When I think about uh, I was going to ask, um, did you want to spill one of your secrets? One of the, um, ex I see the experience, the 10 keys to financial freedom. I, I feel like, you know... A lot of times on social media now, um, with YouTube, they got so many financial advisors. You know? Gurus, right? Yeah, everybody's an expert. Like YouTube yeah. kind of took. Learn them. how to make a hundred thousand dollars in yes. five days with my secret system. Yes, exactly. Click the button below. <laughs> so it's like. Is it, you might appreciate this. Yeah. I said to someone one day, I'm like, you know, like the problem. Not the problem, but with the younger generation, like this making money, every, you know, you can make a lot of money on the internet, yeah. too, but not much. I'm like, the problem is everyone's so overconfident. <laughs> I've hired so many people that are so bad at what they... <laughs> they, go in, they go in, like, over-talking, in a sense. I, I've worked yeah. in um, the bank, and yeah. I, some people are trying to get their credit and up, and they are... They're not, you know, they're over talking themselves. Like you try, you gotta slow them down. <laughs> talking way ahead of the conversation. Go ahead. I didn't mean to take you off course. You were asking Richard about uh, the secrets. Oh no, it was just one. I, he don't gotta tell us. <laughs> he can tell us all ten if he wants to. Well, two. <laughs> you know, why not? Yeah. So, what are some of the keys, Richard, for all of well, us to know? Like, for example, one, the the keys are all experiences. In other words, you can read a self-help book, and I've read dozens of them, and I skim them, but the things that I really need to look at in my own life... <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, the audio oh, went out. <laughs> deal Too fast. that issue. So one of the exercises we do is we call it the three-chair exercise. And if I have a, a real-life client in the room, we'll set up three chairs facing each other, 
Mm-hmm. And I'll ask them to bring a representative of money. So, so for some, one guy brought a bunch of gold. Another woman brought a pile of $100 bills. Sometimes it's a banking statement. They're like, we're playing and then poker. have them have a conversation with money. They'll sit there and say, and it's all over the board. But for example, one person might say, you never stick around. You always leave me. You tip me. You get close. I can see it. And then you go away. You know, I'm, I'm just so pissed at you. Sounds like a stripper. <laughs> that sounds like a relationship. That sounds like one hell of a relationship. I'm a guy. <laughs> nice thing. So then have to change the chairs, sit in the chair with money, and this is sometimes takes two or three hours. And then money will come back. I give them the voice of money, and money will say something like, why would I want to be around you? <laughs> and then we have them move into the wisdom chair to notice the interaction between them. So it brings to awareness all these subconscious beliefs, angers, and emotions between them and money. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing is we're making an invitation to bring them into money, meaning, their identity, and values. Mm-hmm. Deep. That is true. That's how the bank... Did you ever do any banking experience? What's your own career history? Before you said you we... used to do stocks, right? You used yeah. to do stocks, Richard. Yeah, I I was... Uh, I built a trading firm on the Pacific Exchange where I uh, traded options and stocks and futures and I trained traders. And what's interesting was about a third of the traders I trained would just make money mm-hmm. because I had a system for doing it. A third of them would do okay, not great, but a third of them would just couldn't do it. And I brought in a hypnotherapist, mm-hmm. and wow. hypnotherapy, we discovered one of them, you know, came from dirt poor West Virginia, and that if he made money, his uncle's cousins, aunts, huge extended family, they would disown him. So the way he solved that was not to make money. Uh, another one... Uh, had a very severely handicapped brother, a younger brother. And so the younger brother got all the attention. He... Oh, oh man. You see? Man, back. I, I felt see, that. They, they always cut it right when it's about to get good. You see that? That's how you We're know. We're checking if they capping or not. That's know? how you know the devil's playing with us. <laughs> We're checking if they capping. I don't think he's capping. No, I don't think so neither. Yeah, I respect that. Sorry, Sorry about, about that. that. Yeah. No problem. I'll oh. wait for um, doctor to come in. Yeah. Or reverend, rather. I know. What a life. You know what's <laughs> crazy? I'm talking about going to the church myself. Because <laughs> yeah. I, do, I do see the um, the influence. Connected. The influence in it, man. It's good to... I mean, everybody's trying to influence somebody to do something, so... <laughs> so as long as it's- yeah, so yeah, I'll go on. I'll finish the story quickly. So he resented his brother, and if he knew that he made a lot of money, that his mother would come for him to take care of his little brother, who he resented. So he just solved it by not making money. So mm-hmm. the three chair exercise and the different exercises we have allow you to see what is going on inside, and how you and your relationship with money and making an invitation to more rapport. Mm. So, Richard, we were talking um, on the pre-show about neurodiversity, right? Leslie, we can't see you. Your camera off. We learned what we saw. You disappeared. (laughs) Uh Reverend Leslie. Okay, now we see you. There she goes. (laughs) So, no, we were talking about the neurodiversities, and um, I never really gave much thought to money in in my life. And it, it was always there. Not... I mean, let's put it that way. It wasn't a priority. I've always had enough money to do what I wanted. And I almost think it was because I didn't pay much attention to it. You didn't need it, in a sense. It'll always be there, right? And I mean, me doing what I live my life, when my heart is so filled the way I live life, you don't need that much money because I was so, like, satisfied. Content. Content with everything. Yeah, Yeah. I traveled. That was... But anyhow... After I learned about my neurodiversity and stuff, I went... Where have you traveled to? Sorry, I had to ask. Oh, where um, God, all over. In, in, all over I, in the country. I think traveling helps with um, mental health as well. 
I feel uh, like we, I'm kind of a free spirit. I don't yeah. like standing in one place for very long. But, <laughs> True. but with the money thing, I look back <laughs> and, you know, through self-hypnosis and stuff, and I realized that... Self-hypnosis? Why, that's why another you thing. about <laughs> hypnosis? Like, what's up with this hypnosis? I think it's, it's meditation. We're gonna, <laughs> is this what's going on? Are you guys hypnotizing <laughs> people? And taking advantage of them? You know, this is a paranoia that came out from Get Out. That movie has caused some paranoia in the world. <laughs> I can't I can't see nobody with a teacup and doing this ever since that movie. I don't know if y'all ever saw that movie Get Out. But yeah. No, you, I haven't seen it. Really? <laughs> saw it? No way. Nah, you guys saw it. Come on. No it was way. one of the most popular movies in the world ever. What was the name? I missed the name. Get Out. Get Out? Oh my oh, gosh. Man. But anyhow, and I'm wondering you how see this so like, money. Like I made so many mistakes and my reading comprehension wasn't that great that I long time ago I decided, okay, I can beat myself up and judge myself for all these mistakes I'm making because I don't read well and I get the numbers backwards, or I can just go, What the hell, it's only money. Wait, wait, and wait. Hold on, hold on. We skipped, we skipped, we skipped something very big. Both of you guys mentioned hypnosis. You mentioned yes. hypnosis and Richard mentioned We don't hypnosis. have that opportunity. Well, I wouldn't say we don't, but we don't think about that. Wait, where did hypnosis come in? Like, how how did this get introduced and how did you both get comfortable enough to use it on other people <laughs> and yourselves? No, no, no. I don't use it on other people. Oh. No, I don't use it on you other people. Use it on yourself, you said. On myself, and I wasn't trying to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Great in my life that has ever been amazing. I didn't try to do. When I try to do stuff, I fail miserably. If I don't try and I'm in my heart space and I'm just like in that state of being, things I succeeded everything. So it just so, happened by mistake. But what I was doing was um, in trying to uncover some of my own traumas. Mm -hmm. Self-care. 2017, left work, followed my intuition for a year and a half. Things were going amazing. And then something inside me, a voice went, girl, you got to get good before things get good. And I'm like, what the heck's that? Like, so I start, I, I wake up in the, every morning, first couple hours, I'm kind of like this weird kind of amnesia where like I remember the, who I am, how old I am, but I don't remember my likes, my passions. And I figured there's some trauma that must have happened mm -hmm. that caused and so I'm trying to find out what that was. I did this process um, where I forget the name of it. It's science, it's evidence-based, but you write with a dominant hand. You ask your, a question from your adult self with your dominant hand mm -hmm. and you allow your non-dominant hand to answer. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to prove it wrong. That's so like I left, right, left, question. right. Left, so right, right, right. I'm writing, why do we wake up every morning like this? Now I'm telling my left hand to write something and it starts writing not what I'm telling it to, and I'm going, oh, this is really weird. <laughs> and wrote, like, hate her. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. My you know, it reminds me of basketball. I'm sorry Wait, to say, but... So it, then I'm writing <laughs> with my right hand, who do we hate? And the non-dominant hand starts spelling out my name, and I went, uh-oh, <laughs> what, what did I do? Why do I hate myself? Mm -hmm. So that started me writing to my younger self. That's and within a very short time, I would just ask questions. I would like go, all right, question from me. And then I called her inner and pretty quickly into it, she would just start writing and I didn't even know what she was writing. And I, this was during COVID and I got so deep into it that I'd start writing and I'd write for hours and I'd kind of be out of it. I didn't even know I was there writing. I'd wake up and I'd read what I wrote and a lot of it, the trauma was in child's handwriting. So that's what I'm saying. I, I'm guessing it's self-hypnosis kind of because I took myself to this place deep within me. My, <laughs> like, my father would say that's um, left brain, right brain. Mm -hmm. um, and Yeah. So, and, so wait, let's ask Richard now because he's the one that hired people yeah. to do hypnosis yeah, on other Richard people. Yeah, Richard does so, it to other people. I so just he has to tell us about that. Richard, you got to tell us about that. Richard, you watch Bill? Um, I don't know. Do you watch any TV or? Any? Yeah, billions. In fact, uh, I've been quoted in Fortune magazine. Uh, my comments on billions. Really? Because I, I, I knew it, man. Every financial guy works the same way. Yeah, listen, listen. Sorry. So tell us about this, Richard. Like, how did how did you come to a point where you was comfortable enough to use hypnosis on other people to not only 
increase their work performance, but also to reveal their deep, dark secrets, because you kind of did that. Well, first of all, my philosophy is no matter what I do, people will take care of themselves. It's up to them, right? Wow. And if people aren't ready to be there, they won't even hear it. So that gives me a lot of room to play because I don't have to worry about them. But it's hypnosis started with my sister, Wendy, W-E-N-D-I.com. She's one of the most successful hypnotherapists in the U.S., maybe even around the world. Wow. And uh, so she came in just when she graduated uh, from hypnotherapy school. She was just fresh. Hypnotherapy you know, school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so she What's came that to my trading firm, and she worked with all the traders, just like in billions. And that's where I started my interest, and then I trained at uh, NLP Marin for four years uh, off and on and that NLP Neuro Linguistic Programming is the foundation for many of the hypnotherapy techniques and then I started developing my own in fact many of my courses included what I called guided visualizations Hold on. Get the name it's w-e-n-d-i dot com right? Dot com yeah yeah thanks because Kamel was looking for it there yeah. it goes the last name is Far Farizman? Farizman? Sorry. Farizman, yeah. Gaza. Oh, same last name as you. What? That's same last that's name as you. Right. That's not right? Yeah, one D Friesman, that's it. Okay. Hypnotherapy, yeah. Helping people since nineteen ninety four. Right. Alright. That's it. Got you. Wow. Nice. It's uh, interesting you say that, Richard, because when I was two, when I started um, living life with heart and implementing what I call the heart healings now, mm -hmm. it was all based in visualization. Like, mm -hmm. when I didn't really think, I would just visualize things. They just happen to be on the world. The feeling though was really important. <laughs> that's why people are missing it. Nowadays, <laughs> people don't realize you got to have the feeling. The feeling's more important than the words. Like, you know, so if I sit here and go, like, when, when I was two, I used to go, like, I am safe. The world's a loving and accepting place. I am safe. And I just, all throughout my childhood, that was like my mantra. And, you know, um, until the time I was, what, 18, probably, or 20, when the world was a loving and accepting mm. place. And I look back and everything I've achieved in life was strictly on visualization. Mm. So okay. last question, yeah. right? Because I wanted to hear at the end of this. Richard, do you feel like a applying the hypnosis was successful, yes or no? And I'll ask Leslie the same question too. Whoever yeah, want to answer. For, for the traders, it was very successful because all of a sudden they went, wow, that's what's holding me back in the subconscious. <laughs> uh, for my other clients, sometimes it is, sometimes, sometimes it's just like science sanding away at very deep things, sanding, sanding. And other times it's kaboom, fireworks, oh my god. All of a sudden it's just, you know, winning, winning, winning. <laughs> I'd say um, our, our neighborhood it can relate to the stocks as well. Um, since 2020, stocks became a, a big thing in our neighborhood. Hmm. You know, in terms of everybody wanted to get into, I think, um, GameStop. Yeah, GameStop started. GameStop, <laughs> GameStop <laughs> and then MM. AMC and then Dogecoin and then I can't lie it was kind of like some things was like yo, I should have just believed in this I should have known GameStop would have went to 400 nobody would have known GameStop would go to 400 so it, it kind of put a lot of people in awareness of um the stock market but yeah what's interesting is could you try again uh, you know I think, uh, <laughs> mentioned it before we started that the, or somebody did the news is creates a mindset yes and if you're not sophisticated enough you automatically viscerally like an animal just react to the news and get in and get too into it you know you got it kind of becomes your life mm -hmm. yeah. yeah but if you if you look at it as an input for other people's brains mm -hmm. then you can say how are other people thinking you mm -hmm. watch the news not for truth not for something you can act on but on something that you can look at, especially in our cultural and economic and political divide, you can watch what are people over here thinking and what are people over here thinking. Yes. Speaking of what people are thinking, what was your thoughts on hypnosis 
on you? Have you ever used it on you? So then we could move on to Leslie to ask her the same question because I want to know the answer. <laughs> yeah, I was in um, what's called Reikian therapy. It's a very physiological mm. body therapy for a uh, couple of years. And it, was it like a workout well, plan? Officially, what no. was it like a workout plan? No, it's like the flow of energy within you, rehealing yeah, yourself, keeping you young. Uh, Ricard, exactly. Mm. Uh, a lot of deep breathing, energy flow, <laughs> and uh, boy, the stuff that came up that I didn't know was there. Was <laughs> it? In fact, funny thing was, just before I went on, I was looking for a paper, and I found an old paper, my <laughs> journal from those days. And I'm going reading it and saying, oh my gosh, I don't remember that. Oh, that That's how I feel with my rhymes. <laughs> like, who wrote this? <laughs> it's like poetry in a sense. Um, one thing that I've always done in my life was like, you know, write rhymes. That's why I don't really put them out there. It's kind of like meditation for me. So, but there be times where I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I wrote that. Who wrote this? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so overall, Richard, to, to conclude, do you feel like it was a plus, this Reiki therapy that you applied to self? Yeah, you know, I look at my journey, and some things worked, some things didn't. But, you know, everything added to my stack of experiences. And looking back, there's almost everything, you know, and, and Leslie may have a thought about this in terms of more spiritual sense, mm. about how everything kind of moves you to where you are today. Yeah. And where we are today is where we want to be. And if mm. we didn't want to be here, I would be someplace else. That's true. <laughs> so overall, you When I would talk about that, because it's, you know, even when people are talking about their health, I'm like, well, your health today started main times in utero, <laughs> right? And then it's uh, the, the experiences we have in the moment we created a long time ago like the, the, things take time to like you said tr like trauma you know trauma, yeah yes. and you know so people say what do you mean how can i create poverty or create this and i'm like okay let's take the ego out of it and not say you did but if you believe that you're more than just a physical thing like there's a soul We're inside of you that yes. comes here mm -hmm. your soul came to learn a lesson mm. right and so um with self-hypnosis on that look i i gotta ask a popular movie did you see the movie soul on disney uh -huh. My, i'm telling you kids got me watching i've seen everything after covid I, I thought I saw <laughs> <laughs> so um, so overall leslie do you feel like the self-hypnosis helped you become a better person after releasing all of that compressed or suppressed trauma no, mm. it complicated my life. Oh wow! Richard, <laughs> 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 I love that answer. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> but I think my case is a little different. Like I was telling Richard, I don't know if you both were in the room, but mm. I uncovered in these writings that I had a near-death experience at the age of two, mm. and so. I kind of lived my life like this weird, I just rolled from the heart and I became loved by an early age and I just learned when people are angry, I love them more. And when, you know, things like when I was 16, I went out in the world and I knew I needed to be seen and accepted for who I was mm -hmm. and I needed to feel connected. And I didn't know how to do that and get that need met. So I just started to give people what I needed, mm -hmm. right? And, and that, and just different things like, you know, I, I look, if someone's angry, like I hold them, I don't help them, I just, someone who's angry, I've, but I've always known these things since a kid, and it was really weird, because I tried to explain, go, I don't know how I did this, all I did was listen to inner guidance, that's it. But when I found out about my near-death experience, and, and then the traumatic brain, and everything made sense, right? But then I'm trying to put it in, in some type of format, so that I can teach it to other people, there's so much, and that's why it's meant it complicated my life. I see now how most of my life before 2017, I kind of walked around to sleep to the fact I was spiritually awake. I mean, seriously, I lived in a utopia. I'd work, <laughs> worked in the hood. I'd get out. Kids are fighting. I'm like, hey, guys, come on. Let's do a hug. Oh, she was the nice girl. <laughs> we like, call that the nice girl. <laughs> well, it's 
white woman dumb. Yes, that's the, the princess. I let homeless people in my car. I whatever. I just followed my heart. So you're more like a hippie then. <laughs> They'll call that hippie. <laughs> but a really brilliant hippie. <laughs> <laughs> She's I had some swagger to me. She's from Philly, man. She <laughs> yeah, I'm a teacher because, like, I know a whole bunch of stuff, but because of a traumatic brain injury, I have a real hard time executing it. So yeah. I teach through conversation. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of, I, I believe that we all come here with, I think, everyone's purpose is. To fully express, self-express, right? And, yeah. and yeah. our mission, how we do that is our mission. But I think I came here to teach people, share the message how we're making things way too complicated. Because mm. we are so... The, yes, we need a lot. <laughs> we are so much better than we're allowing ourselves to be. Mm. And I think we can't see ourselves. Because mm-hmm. from little kids, we all have the armor on, trauma or not, because mm-hmm. we're afraid not to be accepted. And I think when we can't see ourselves, all these things we're talking about, if you're, if you have the armor on, none of these things, there's a really good chance none are going to work because you need to be able to see yourself. You need to be authentic and you have to be in integrity. Here's what I learned why I hated myself. Out in the world, my life was amazing. And I wanted connection. If I wanted money, I would have been those people who just kept manifesting. I just kept manifesting connection, right? And um, but that's how it works. The reason I hated myself is because when I went home to my family or even my ex-husband, they were all quite emotionally and verbally abusive. Now I learned how to deal with that because somehow at a new early age, I knew it wasn't about me. It was their shit. And, but what happened was I dimmed myself down because I was always told I was too much. <laughs> and the hating was every time I put the mask on, every time I slipped beneath the armor, I was telling myself I wasn't worthy and I was abandoning and betraying myself. Mm-hmm. Does that don't, make sense? In a sense of don't yeah, speak. And the label went off and my, I looked at the world and I'm like, oh my God, we're not angry at this other people. We're angry because we're not... Deep down, we know who we are, we know love and compassion, but when we don't act or speak that way, we're going against ourselves. Sometimes we could be too hard on ourselves, you know, too strict. But if you just take the armor off, it's so hard to do one by Mm -hmm. one. That's Mm -hmm. why the the curriculum I created was for systems, so that leaders, those who serve and those who are so we got to all do this together, Mm -hmm. so that, Yeah. yeah. So let me ask Sorry. you guys a question. <laughs> what made you want to come on The Real Word? Let's start off with Leslie. Leslie, since you're already on the screen. Um, I listened to one episode I thought was pretty cool. Which one was that? And I, I don't even remember. Can, I, I don't remember what I did this morning. Okay. It was, you know, we get like a thousand cool. videos a day now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't read well on the computer. So I got to just hit buttons yes. and listen to mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm not kidding. It's crazy. I'm going, oh my God. When I travel cross country, I kid you not, I turned around more than I went forward because I think I was hitting a button, like hotels. Mm. I would stand, I would, thought I was staying in a certain city and I hit that hotel, but when I got there, there was, you know, I'm like, where am I? I should I'm really be enjoying the place. Because <laughs> my brain was. Whatever, my eyes are gaslighting. Yes, he was there for the experience. <laughs> so, so overall, Leslie, what made you come on the show? I just have a message, mm-hmm. and I want to talk to people and see what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's, I mean, I came out of work simply with the message that, you know, the power of oneness mm-hmm. is huge. And it's it's science now. I didn't know it. I was coming out talking about love and systems were going mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's science. It's, it is energy. One of the things, too, which may help people out there, when I was younger and did that I am safe, I, I did something called rubber band breathing. Mm-hmm. And I would close my eyes, and I would picture this rubber band inside me, and I would mm-hmm. breathe from the ground all the way up to my head. That's an interesting and image. Mm-hmm. And I'd be holding my abs in. Now, I'm telling you this because mm-hmm. everything too. Uh, and what my stuff? I'm thinking it was from that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Something and come, it just kind of channeled through me. Um, but it's like, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> but it's, um, 
it is all about energy, mm. everything. And I see how people get stuck now when mm. you're sick, when you're whatever. Once you get in that low vibrational state of energy, low vibration, on you the same way. Yeah, you know we're all. I feel like when you talk to people, you kind of realize we're all on the same page, but it's. Cause ever since like COVID, it's kind of you talk to people less. So there's like this other side that you know doubt that you can even um have these conversations mm. again. The you curtain know? came down. Mm. It's like Wizard of, Wizard of Oz. When the curtain was up, you'd think it was this big person, but really it was a little midget. <laughs> That's us and our ego. We had these big egos until yeah. we was all shut down, and then it showed how small we really were. So now it's like, okay, we're human. Let's have conversations. Yes, let's be humble. Let's be <laughs> humble, you know? Wait, you know let's what be realistic. Floored me. It's, I, up until I left work, I never had a hard time connecting with people. Like yeah. anybody. And then when I went out into like the entrepreneurial, you know, I, I we all started to do it. I swear, it's like a every. Well, I don't know. It was all of a sudden like I was like, wait a second, what they're saying? They're not really acting. Yeah. Their work and their behaviors and actions don't match at all. Mm. And I saw that the reason I could connect so well with people is because I worked with women in trauma, and they were open. And they appreciated honesty and authenticity. Yeah, nothing to lose. A lot of people who are, don't want to be seen are mm-hmm. really uncomfortable with honesty and authenticity. Do you find that? A lot of times. A lot of times. Yes, in banking, yes. I feel they, like that's when I feel like they kind of like snitch on themselves in a way. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I feel like the bigger someone wants to become, the the faker they become. It's almost like they say that most of the time it's not good to ever meet your idols or your heroes because they'll probably disappoint you. Um, yeah. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the times it's all superficial. And look at us for a sample. We call our, we call the company The Real Word. And since we started a company and called it The Real Word, people have been trying to catch us doing something fake. You know, yeah. so like, we got to put all the receipts out there. Now, when you put all the receipts out that's there, real. they think you're being that's, facetious. They think you're showing off. But it's like, I have to show you. That's Be- what happened since um, the entrepreneur era. Exactly. So <laughs> it's like almost the more you show, the faker they end up looking. Yeah, so then they- it creates enemies. So <laughs> that's the world that we well, live in. And that's, that's what I've been experiencing for the first time. As I said, I'm 60 and at the age of 56, all of a sudden I'm like talking to people and I'm like, Wait, what? He's being an empath. Like, I can feel someone's hate? Energy. Oh, man. You got haters in your 50s. What did you say? I said you got some haters in your 50s. Yeah, I got haters in it. Yeah. It never stopped, did it? It took me a while to realize it wasn't I was doing anything wrong. It was just I was, instead of dealing with people who appreciated honesty and authenticity, I was dealing with people who. Using the and wrong circle. What to do with it? They yeah. didn't trust honesty and authenticity. Dumb haters are not retarded. Role would be if we, if we just said what we mean and we we did what we said and we said you know what I mean like if you didn't have to I don't know this is a tough the business world Richard I'm telling you this is what you live in every day my hats are off to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'd much rather know what I'm doing. That's with. why a lot of people in New York have moved. Which is like, you know, I've been born and raised here and I've always had good business with the people I've been with. Even if we miscommunicate, it was never like bad blood and, or, you know, like bad energy. Mm-hmm. It was like, but then, you know, when we got distant, it started becoming like this fake bad energy, you know, in a sense of like... What you mean? In a sense of, um, I don't know if I'm really good with these people. I haven't seen them in so long. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's just... Richard's been quiet. Let's hear what Richard think about this conversation. What do you think, Richard? Because Richard yeah. has been listening. Fly on the wall. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things we teach is the golden keys, and that starts with self-awareness. And Leslie could probably um, engage us for a long time in the process of self-awareness. <laughs> and the next is acceptance. What we discover, we accept. And then the third is what I call agency, the ability to be aware of it, to accept it, and then as an agent, after a while, you're able to make decisions from this higher level. And you're able to manage it. So if I, for example, uh, uh, my youngest son really pissed me off 
uh, <laughs> said something to me that felt really painful. Mm-hmm. And normally I would have just shrunk back because that was my modus operandi to go. And then I went, oh, I am feeling this. I'm not going to deny it. I am. I you accept that, that that is a very old feeling. And then from agency, I can say, oh, now what would I want to do about this? And what I realized was, I didn't want to do anything about it. I wanted to give my son a hug. <laughs> so, yeah, that's good managing. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, a nice way of yeah, saying it. I don't think about decisions because I know, like, that, I mean, in scientists proven, there is an intuitive energy to the heart. And, and when it's in sync with the brain, your heart will never steer you to where you're not to be. Mm-hmm. Your brain will. Your mind will, not your brain. Your mind, your thoughts can take you where you're not supposed to be. It's really good at checking you. But That's your heart true. is pure. The energy is pure. Have you found that for yourself, Richard? Well, I, I have never labeled them that way. Mm-hmm. And I... For you probably myself, use the word passion. At that place yet. Um, there's all, all the old stuff still. There's thoughts, there's beliefs, there's identity, behaviors, habits. So I always look at myself with a little bit of love and compassion, but also not knowing. Mm-hmm. In other words, I don't assert any part of myself as having that kind of certainty. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I didn't say I didn't have problems every, every day I do, but it's just, I get in touch and go, it's like I have constant conversations, right? If something comes up with this whole... We all do. Um, the, the learning challenges, yeah. that's been really hard for me to accept because now there are things I want to do and I can't do it. And I'm like, all right, honey, look, you've done so good your whole life. Look at what you've done with this. Just To motivate yourself. Mm. Yeah, and so I, I'm like constantly all day. Um, and it's when I want to do something on the computer that I, everything that's in Would everybody head. say we're doing more? Would you feel like everybody's doing more since 2020? Because, you know, we talk yeah, about... Are we doing, or do you, I don't, do I feel like we are more productive though? Yeah. Just yeah, like everyone feels the need to be more productive. Like we got to do things even, yeah. even more. Like I don't I, want to do anything. I just want to Are we catching up for the time lost? <laughs> yeah. Or, or we could be catching up. Yeah. yeah catching up for the time lost. Um, especially in New York, you know, things just shut down. So it was like a lot of our, you know, what we did, we didn't do as much. People are backed up literally because things weren't moving. There was no current, which means there was no currency, which means debt was accruing. So a lot of people trying to make back the money. People felt like they weren't, yeah. And a lot of businesses weren't getting travelers. So, you know. What are your your all's opinion on COVID? Do you think that COVID, outside of like conspiracy theories and it was generated, but do you feel that the universe, whatever you call it, Mm -hmm. that there was a gift behind hope. There was an intended gift. Now, and for those who lost family members, I'm sorry. I don't mean for that to be insensitive, but there's always a gift and a curse of an experience or a situation, true. Yeah. right? I think you- I think that the the things and the people that were supposed to become closer to you, they became closer to you, and the people and things that were supposed to be removed from you got removed from you, hmm. mm-hmm. whether you liked it or not, because God gives you what you need not what you want yeah. it was an experience for me i would say um more reflecting than ever that covid made us reflect on everything from finances to family goals to religion so many people have changed in every aspect Facts. their entire lives and mentally and even um what we're trying to do so i feel covid was um, a reflecting kind of like Everyone was, or it was like a weird reset in a sense of like, hey, you're about to do all these patterns again. Make sure you choose better this time, you know, in a weird way. <laughs> I've always compared it to the snap in Avengers. Have you guys seen Avengers movie? Everybody with seen Thanos. <laughs> okay, you see when he snapped his fingers and half the world was gone, and then there was the time shift, and the people who survived they had survivor's guilt, yeah. and then they felt like they lost a period of time of their lives. 
it was literally just like us. Half the people died, like literally. <laughs> and the people that damn. survived felt like there was in a time loop, like, right. oh man, climbing out, climb, climbing out the cave, like bang, like ah, we, <laughs> we, we made it out. Now what? Mode. Like you know, some people lost half their family, some people lost their jobs, some people yes. lost their identity, some people lost their sanity, some people lost their religion. Even, you know, me, so I, even me, I left no one came, because of COVID. No know? one came back the I same. W- I wasn't necessarily ready for the shot yet. And the bank had asked me that, oh, you got to get the shot by December 27th. And I didn't, I wasn't ready for the shot yet. So I had to leave. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I I feel like it was, um that was a test of my faith. My father um passed away. And he passed away from um, prostate cancer. Everybody, you know, around me know. And that was like, you know, he was huge on faith, you know, his, he, w- he went to Jamaica ever since he got prostate cancer. And that was like 12 years ago. But look at the sequence of events, though. They told him he had six months to live. And then he lasted 12 years off, you know, natural herbs and with his faith, I would say. But I would say, look at the last hey. few yeah. months. The last few months was beautiful, right? Because I met your father for the first time at your wedding, right? Yes. And then after that... those Yes, and that, yeah. in those years, that was the closest I've been to my father. Because, yeah. you know, he grew up on the, I would say, the the less, the less wild side. <laughs> he came on the show, and as an OG, and he was then, able to drop knowledge. And he admitted about, you know, his adultery life, you know. He was mm-hmm. confessing to, you know, his sins and what was holding him back in life. Mm-hmm. You know, because he said as he was, you know, hiding it, it kept him from, you know, improving. So do you think because he let all that out, he, he was able to rest in peace? Of course. And he was very, pr- he, to, to me as his son, that he would tell you he abandoned. He would say that those last two years was, you know, ever since he was like, cancer was a blessing for him. Mm. Imagine him saying that. Why? And because in those years, he valued life and his decision making more than ever. Mm. He started making better decisions for all his children and put them on a better idea, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's like, I feel life is like um, an image in a sense. Well, and we're trying to create our next image, our next growth. And, you know, like in stocks, you're trying to get the next pointer to go up. You know, you're trying to keep leveling up. And, you know, he admitted that, you know, you got to kind of admit your flaws so you can improve on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see yourself, right? Yes. So if you don't see yourself. So, you know, if you don't, my thing is always like, and, and the way to start, the best way to become self-aware mm. is to ask people questions and listen. As my it's father like, would say, test people. <laughs> Find when out. I to, when I used to ask people the questions, it was the best way because I'd go, uh-oh, I kind of do that too. Like I would ask like kind of deep questions. Yeah. So I could see myself. I, I, as a young kid, I tried to see my, in order to feel connected, I would, wherever I was driving down the street, I'd look at people and go, how are they like me? Relate. You're relate. You're relate. Yeah, and try to feel connected. And that actually did work, but then I got really curious and wanted to know more about people. So that's why I hopped out of my car and I'd walk up and down the street and go, hey, by the name. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I couldn't. But what happened, and here's the gift of traumatic brain injury, I needed to look into their eyes in order to process what they were saying. Mm-hmm. But it was that looking in someone's eyes, which allowed them to truly feel seen, which allowed them to take the armor off. Mm-hmm. And and then you could have that heart to heart. I'm telling you, I don't know if you guys have ever felt like a true with someone you don't know, right? Because that's the best way. Because mm-hmm. I don't even know the names. Mm-hmm. This connection between mm-hmm. the energy. So and that's, so Leslie, how do you feel about the connection in this room? Because it's the four of I us. I love it. You love I, it. I, yeah. I kind of. I'm wondering what the hell Richard's thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Richard. <laughs> Richard's probably going, oh, this is not what I thought. How do you feel about the U.S. faith? Richard is that guy. I'm not talking religion. I'm saying, but do you, when things go not like you expect them to or want them to, what keeps you from thrown in the town besides your wife oh no (laughs) (laughs) it's humor it must be humor (laughs) richard the dick (laughs) you know i've had some some hard times but if i look back on my life and comparatively speaking 
<clears throat> I look at the advantages I've had. Uh, the money I've been able to make, the therapy I've been able to afford, um, the family I've been able to raise. <clears throat> a, positive, a, a positive outtake on life. Yeah. There, there's something, and I don't know what it was, but something said that, Rich, you're going to be okay, and I believe that. And I, I think that I have to attribute some of that to my early religious upbringing. Because even though my father was a narcissist, my mother was depressed most of the time, that I knew that God loved me and I was a child of God. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, you know, I, I look at the fundamental evangelical religion as a very narrow slice of hundreds and hundreds of other religions. And, I, and one of the questions I asked myself was, was Rich Friesen lucky enough to be born in the one correct religion <laughs> was I, am i the chosen one are we a part of what? the chosen ones in a sense i was the, I'm, I'm the chosen one <laughs> so um so even though you know i no longer am a evangelical christian still the feeling that god loves me and i'm a child of god is still there and i don't know what to um uh, to, to allow, you know, I don't know why that is, but that deepest belief, I think, really saved me from a much worse life. Mm. Yeah, me too. That knowing, right? Like, it's this knowing. and I, I Things are going to be all right. You know? Yeah, when we hide ourselves, we lose that knowing. What about you, Reverend? How has your spirituality helped guide you through this journey called life? You know, I never knew I had spirituality. I got me on until you had heart. What you would say? <laughs> yeah, as I said, I just I didn't know about my near death experiences. I didn't know why I was because people are like, "Why do you do?" I'm like, uh, I don't know. I was kind of oblivious mm -hmm. in this living. Uh, you know, a long time ago when I was a kid, and I guess now looking back, it was probably when I couldn't figure out cognitively how the rest of the world worked i mean are like, we coming we're almost out of time again are we yeah. coming back yeah we're going to come back one last time to do closing thoughts okay. okay so i kind of walked around but i think that was kind of like my purpose here to just kind of it might cut off any second now just let yeah. it no just go ahead yeah, i really like i i have a really high intellect but my my ability to my cognitive executive function skills they put like first grade level so I have like the simplicity of execution, but the deepness of an intellect and a philosophical thought, which allowed me to walk through the world. You had good morals. <laughs> a double-minded man is dangerous in all his ways. Mm-hmm. What you what think? What you call is that? It sounds like you know what they call. My father would say, "Principle is morals." You know. Mm. Because even though she didn't have everything together, she had a good moral of how to get along with people, which is, you know, be loving. Facts. Even when, you know, they're down, be loving. As she said on before with the person who, um, she would let it, the homeless person, she gave shelter. Mm-hmm. So she's yeah. back for So it allowed me to walk through the world and see through the eyes of a child. Mm -hmm. But to process everything I was seeing as a really spiritual philosophical person mm -hmm. so it's kind of like best of both worlds but it, it confused the hell out of me before i knew what was going on because i was like things just i never understood other people because what other people struggled with came really easy like when i went to nursing school i don't even remember i just went eh, i think i'll be a nurse next thing i know i'm taking a test and i'm in mm -hmm. and then there are all these people going like um can i ask was your mother a nurse because i I got into engineering and my, it was, I didn't really know my father too well, you know, and I got into engineering and I found out after I got in that he was into engineering. So I was wondering yeah, if it so was genetic. My, parents, <laughs> yeah, my dad was a business guy and I first started out in business. Like mm -hmm. when I was younger, mm -hmm. I wanted like 15, 16, I wanted to do Peace Corps. And my parents were like, well, if you go to college, we'll pay for it. And if you don't, then you're on your own. And I went, all right, I'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> And um, I wanted to go for psychology, and they were pretty, I didn't How know what to talk to, and I mean, the emotional, 
if I didn't care about something, I didn't fight one way or the other. So I just knew I wanted to go away, and I was going to University of Miami, so I didn't care if I majored in, right? She was a Miami but girl. And then I came out and worked in business for a few years, and I went, yeah, I don't like this. This does not fill my heart. Mm. You know, um, I have a, a, a business mindset, an entrepreneurial mindset, and I'm really good with ideas. Like, I can tell someone great ideas how to do it, but personally, it causes me such frustration. I don't like doing it. It didn't bring it. you like an inner peace doing it. <laughs> or inner oh, hell no. <laughs> I was trying to do the stuff I can't do over there. Because I kept trying to work with my brain. Even the mm. doctors are like, forget it. You'll never do it. I'm like, oh, okay. Even the I'm doctors like, told them. Wow. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm we're like, coming up to the time where we got to close out. So yeah. closing thoughts. Richard, I want you to let the people know where they could find your book and more about your book. So. I know you want to tell them about the book, so go ahead, Richard. Yeah. If they go conversations. to conversations.money/real, I have a page just for the people who listen, and it's a free online course with all the exercises. So conversations.money/real, or you can email me, rich at mindmuscles.com. I'm really happy to talk to just about anybody. I'm a yes-saying person. I love conversations. I love connections. So anything we can do. My my mission and my passion is education, and that's where the book ends up. My special concern is for disadvantaged kids. That's real. How do I? That. What's the website? One more time. Conversations that money. Or is slash it real. Slash real. Yeah, yeah backslash real. real. Gotcha. Yeah. No forward slash. Oh, forward slash it, real. No, it's yeah. backslash. Backslash. Uh, Okay. Oh, there we go. Right there. Conversations that money. Okay, we found conversations with money. Yes, a private conversation. Got you right here. Yep. So my passion, especially with technology, leaving a whole bunch of people behind. I taught uh, daytime release school in Chicago, and I was just horrified at the school system there. And I think we need to revolutionize. If kids don't have hope, if they don't have mentors, if they don't have a place to step into, they can visualize it, they can feel, oh my gosh, Uh, then you end up, you know, in in a life of just immediacy and pleasure or... Just getting by. Yeah, Yeah, so so you want to open up a school, Richard? You know, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. You got to talk to him about I'm sure you can find investors, Richard. That's what you're good for. Yeah, well, this isn't, you know, an investment and for profit. I'm 76 almost, so I'm going to leave that. They don't act 76, but no one knows how 76 are the people who came out of that environment. When I stepped into that environment many years ago, I tell you, uh, I was totally out of my element. I was this naive white guy from Kansas, um, and my background did not serve me well there. So I would like to see somebody from that background come up and say, uh, you know, we've got to make a change. If you look at the inner city schools, they're often run by black people. They're, they're run by a system, by the teachers' unions. Mm-hmm. And we're destroying a generation of kids. You can see me getting angry. Mm-hmm. That is something to get angry about. Mm-hmm. I'm right with you because when I worked in in public health for 30 years, and I worked in some of the worst neighborhoods, and you know, I got to be honest with you, I'd rather um, socialize with the women that I took care of than a bunch of business people. <laughs> so look, I got a business proposition. We're a 501c3 nonprofit charity. So we could start a school, and you guys could fund it. Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Well, Ricard, if you're interested, I would love to see you rise up, and let's get it done. Okay. I'm going to take you up on the challenge. Are you in, partner? Of course, man. I'm already thinking about what bank and everything. like. (laughs) What I've been working on creating is this uh, heart spiritual community, which is for families, right, Mm. to to learn everything like i um have content and created stuff like we'd start with relationships and then um parenting pregnancy addiction we need um, to talk about all those things all every because i've experienced them all right and my heart 
is always with those who are unseen and unheard. Because I, I know I'm white, whatever. I can get in somewhere. <laughs> once I open my mouth, I talk so, and my my way of being is so different than Down to earth, earth, you know? Relatable. Like, that I was like... <laughs> you hear what she's saying, Richard? No offense, Richard. You know what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> You know, I just spoke about this yesterday playing football, man. Shout out to everyone who played football Sunday. AJ was there. We was talking about how it was like, you know, no disrespect, but you can't quarterback. And it's like, but you said, just because you say no disrespect don't mean that you get away with it. Like, uh, who couldn't quarterback, though? Yeah, who couldn't quarterback? I can't say his name. But anyhow, I, what yeah. I was trying to do Just was to joke. get into leadership mm. so I could, I think a lot of the problems with systems lies in the people who work for them. It's not the actual system. Mm. It's the people who work for them who had the same trauma as the people they're serving. But if you haven't acknowledged your own trauma, there's no way you can be compassionate and empathetic genuinely with someone else's trauma. That's if, a you're hiding your own, if you're hiding from your own. I, I've seen it so much. I've seen it in 30 years with mm. nursing and doctors and what it ends up becoming my patients and the doc. It was like this parent child all over again. Mm-hmm. You know, the patient would get scolded. The, the person, the professional wouldn't exactly take the time because it was too close to their own stuff that they weren't acknowledging. It was at home. <laughs> you should listen to, to Nas, The World of Addiction by Nas. World of Addiction by Nas. Yeah. Have you heard of Nas? Or do you listen to music? We used, we, I like to think of as music as our therapy. We used to have better music. Mm. <laughs> so but anyway, <laughs> we're trying to close. We've been trying to close for the longest. This what so, happens sometimes. We, keep, so, we can talk forever. So, so closing thoughts come out. Um, my closing thoughts is um hope. I think in... Love. Those are the things that I take out of this conversation, and we're gonna we're gonna think more about everything else, like um, in terms of getting a school together, or even just um helping out the homeless. And um, sorry, I forgot it, Cali. Mm. So I think we should talk more after the show. But my, I want the message to leave with the people is hope and love is what's gonna get us to. Start networking together again. You know, COVID put us on a force stop. We can't do nothing about that. But to get back together, we need to keep hope and love in our conversation. You know, it pushes us forward. Mm. So that's my closing thoughts after I take from um, the people in this room. Richard, closing thoughts. Mm-hmm. Richard, you look like the godfather with that background sitting back in the chair like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. This was wonderful. It's it's the most unusual uh, uh, interview I've ever had in that it's real people having a conversation, able to go from humor to serious. Yeah. So this was absolutely divided. It was a real hoot. <laughs> and happy to continue the serious part at any time. Yes. Yeah. You're the cool grandpa because no one would have guessed you're 76. <laughs> <laughs> Compliments to you, man. What's the, you? You still hit the gym, you work out, you jog, cause I'm... No, no, I, I run every morning. I um, relate, I relate. I'm I'm actually trying to do the half a marathon that's coming up with um, the WWE Save the Wildlife film. So I, I would be happy if you can, you know, donate any cash to us so I could, you know, sign up for that race. Cause that's, I run, I've never, I run seven miles, you know, every Friday and I run, you know, 5K every day. That's me. Good for you. Yes. Richard looked like he pulls tricks on the kids. <laughs> <laughs> He's that type of grandpa. <laughs> he he going to test them. He going to know what hand is it in, you know? <laughs> I'll give the wedgies. <laughs> yes. Leslie, closing thoughts, please. <laughs> Uh, well, I think Richard looks so young because he's in love with his wife. Love makes us look young. Yeah. <laughs> right on. She's in the background listening. <laughs> I agree. I think since COVID, um, I kind of feel like we're more disconnected in the sense that we're more superficial. I think there's two groups of people now. People who are willing to have honest conversations. The other ones are like, uh-uh, go away. Mm. And I think we need to come together because, like Lawrence said, it is love, and 
you know, I kind of look at love, the definition, because I, I used to love asking people that question. What is love? What's it? And love is like, to me, listening with objectivity and vulnerability to mm. empower. Mm, spell and it out. You empower yourself. That's what we're missing, we think. Like, you have, I'm a big believer in being emotionally selfish, because that's the only way that you can be selflessly and healthily given. Mm. 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 Like they say, oh, we can't change the world unless we change ourselves. And we're going to leave it there. Um, my closing thought is, I love the real word because, like I always said, it's like a portal. And I feel like it's a portal to connect people from different backgrounds, different places, different states, and even different countries. Mm -hmm. And like I showed you, we in over 100 different countries, and we've had people from all over. This is our ninth season, over 135 episodes. So mm -hmm. imagine yeah. the amount of people that we've met during that time. And even today, I feel like it was a great conversation that we wouldn't be afforded if it wasn't for this platform. So I'm grateful for this platform. I'm grateful to share it with you two today. I hope that today was a blessing. I hope that you guys stay in touch. You follow us and the work that we've done in the community and the work that we do online. Continue to follow us with the show. Share it with a friend or family member that won't cost you a dime, of course. And, you know, just the word of mouth. Um, we've been getting a lot of guests from Cali and it was a great conversation with the both of you. Even though we yeah, have so true. much differences, <laughs> even in culture, even in age. But we relate. Um, but we right? still relate. And we had a great time and a great laugh. So I thank God for that. Um, so we close out with a prayer. Who would like to pray for us to close out? The guests usually pray. So I'll let one of you two pick. Richard, you want to do it? No, go ahead. You're the reverend. Yeah, you are the reverend. <laughs> That's true. I just want to thank, you know, uh, whatever higher power people believe in. Um, for the ability to come together like this and to appreciate what we do have, to look for joy in the moment, um, and to say thank you throughout the day for just, for no reason whatsoever. Um, and most of all, to thank yourselves, um, to look in the mirror and appreciate how strong and how courageous and loving we are. And, um, you know, to just it's okay to show the world you because I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed, you know. And so just love ourselves. And once we love ourselves, it just pours out on other people. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you, Leslie. That was very neutral. <laughs> very loving. Yeah, very loving as well. <laughs> so I thank you all for watching The Real Word. Thank you for joining us. If you want, you can follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com backslash The Real Word 7, the 7 like Mike Vick. Also, I ask Richard if he watched Suits, man. I got so much things to ask. <laughs> I got Richard's number. I'll give you <laughs> You and Richard could be friends you on know, camera. You know, Suits, I like... It was like this, but I like this. <laughs> he likes Suits so much, he came in today with a suit. You see him? <laughs> like, I mean, I represent man. myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I thank you all for coming. You can also check us out our official website. www.therealwordministriesinc.org That's therealwordministriesinc.org yeah. If you you want to donate is dollar sign the real word or you can ask for a diaper genie please let me oh Kamel <laughs> is giving away the diaper genie you gotta sell that diaper genie not me so tell the people about the diaper genie where they can find the diaper genie and if they would like the diaper genie where can they get it at tell them listen diaper genie just find find me through Ricard that's it man <laughs> he throwing it back on me you see that <laughs> <laughs> what well, well, I see your number email <laughs> Want to donate them for a tax write off? Do you yeah. like Planned Parenthood or WIC or something like that? You know what's funny? WIC is, yeah, I could do WIC. WIC. <laughs> um, women, women, and when, 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 oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Planned Parenthood or something like that. Yeah, I'm going to check them out. Thanks. Wait, that's kind of ironic to bring a diaper genie to Planned Parenthood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm helping the parents. <laughs> Who's going to need them? <laughs> yeah, they kill yeah, the babies. <laughs> Just abortions, they're like women's health. And I mean, women's that's health. another topic, too. Oh, okay. it's, 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 it's <laughs> Thank you for watching, people. God bless and good night. <laughs> it's a real world. It's a real world.